Bonjour, ciao, hola, and indeed welcome to another episode of Indiescovery, Rock Paper Shotgun's indie game podcast. This week we're celebrating the biggest event in the gaming calendar, theming our episode around the latest release in Nintendo's long-running The Legend... No, wait. Sorry, hold on. For a second there, I forgot I was hosting a podcast that laughs in the face of current trends. Who cares about (laughs) Zelda? This episode is all about Eurovision. Embrace the chaos, reject the flow of the river, and carve your own canal. Here, borrow my canoe. My name, Liam Richardson, and I'm joined as ever by my wonderful co-hosts, Reviews Wrangler Rachel. Hello! And Guides Getter Rebecca. Hello, Guides Getter. That's new. That's a new one. That is new. Does it work? Is that anything? <laughs> Could be <Yes>. something. <laughs> How are we all doing? Oh, not bad, thank Amazing. You. It's Eurovision yeah. week. I'm living my best life. <laughs> well, you, you've been living your best life for a while, and I really... We haven't even spoke about this off-air. You were in America last week. Yes, I was. I went to Disney World Orlando, which was overwhelming, overstimulating, but still a lot of fun. You sent us a picture um, of you wearing a goofy hat, <gasps> a goofy t-shirt and drinking what looked like a delicious drink in the sun. You looked like you were living your actual best life in that moment. Yeah, I had transformed myself slowly. Like, I feel like at Disney World, you like arrive the first day and you're like in like normal clothes. <laughs> and then slowly over the course of the days, I stayed there for like a week, you just gain more shit to put on your body, whether that's hats, t-shirt, pins, and just like at the end of like the, on the Friday, I was just covered in like goofy nonsense. <laughs> I love it. What yeah, is it about goofy? What, what, is, what is the appeal of goofy? For me personally? Yeah. <laughs> Or just a, a just a wider appeal of Goofy. Well, see, I wasn't really into Goofy when I was younger, but then I played a small game called Kingdom Hearts, which got me obsessed with Goofy to the point where I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And then I was like, you know what? I literally am Goofy. But then as I became older and more bitter, I soon realised I'm actually a Donald, which kind of is a, a bit of a rude wake-up call. But I still do like Goofy the most. He's just great. Goofy is Although, your aspirational character. Yes. Yeah. I want to become Goofy, even though I'm I'm legit a Donald. For sure. Aries energy all the way. But like, and then, okay, this is what they did to my boy, though. He was wonderful, charming, a light, a beacon of hope in Kingdom Hearts. And then Disney's yeah. Dreamlight Valley came out and they made him a monster, an actual <laughs> monster. And I played that game and I was like, Goofy's one of the first characters you can meet. This is going to be great. And he's horrific. He's honestly awful. And I hate that game now. Is it? Is, you said it's the way he walks, right? Because obviously we've had this conversation before. It's the way he walks that bothers you about him, It's right? the way he runs, Liam. He runs at you. And his arms flailing, like his oh, hands wide, oh no. gaping. He's honestly awful. Honestly awful. I don't know why oh, I've not I've not played I've not played Dreamlight Valley. Um I was pitching him doing like the Naruto run, which <laughs> <laughs> whenever you mention this, I understand now. I don't know if it's better or worse now that I understand. Yeah, he should have He could have just done a cute little like a saunter or a nice little jog, but no, they made him I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before, but like cr- almost crouch on the floor on all fours. He's like that close to the floor when he runs. Oh His God. lanky body curling in a really like unsettling way. And then you'll you'll just be fishing and you'll be looking you'll, you'll be like casually looking around and you'll just see he's very tall as well. This giant like <laughs> 
creature like running at you and it's honestly terrifying and i can't believe they did that to him Damn, i can't I, believe they did that to him if i had known that dreamlight valley was a horror game i'd have played it by now <laughs> <laughs> babes you'd love it he's i'm sure i would it sounds uh, terrifying yeah so they basically ruined him what an evocative description his lanky body curling oh, that's beautiful yeah, this was... what a poet a poet of cursed <laughs> iconography yeah i'm really glad that we went we went to this place even though yeah, you seem too. you seem upset about it so i don't know if we should keep you here too much longer i close my eyes and i can see him running at me and i hate it in kingdom hearts he's honestly such a sweetheart i gotta stop talking about it but he's such a sweetheart in kingdom hearts like he brings sora goofy and donald together like he is the gel and in dreamlight valley he's just honestly yeah i'm not over it so yeah disney was fun (laughs) <laughs> yeah you still love yeah, goofy wow and that's the important thing it's not I it's not destroyed your love for the character which is is good to see um yeah that was a lovely picture of you i need to know what the drink was if you don't mind disclosing yeah me too. Oh, okay <laughs> so it, it looks alcoholic but it wasn't it was just a starbucks refresher ah very uh, boring yeah. uh i need i wanted to take one with like we went to the star wars bar and um oh there's like a bar you can get all these like weird cocktails for way too much money and uh i was i was like i'll I'll wear my goofy merch to um it's in uh hollywood studios i'll "I'll wear my my goofy merch and like no one was wearing disney stuff and everyone was in star wars stuff and i was so embarrassed and i was like it's fine. I'm. I'll just take the hat off. I couldn't do it, guys. Oh, why would you it. be? You're in Star Wars land. I know. It's like the one place where you shouldn't be able to be embarrassed. So I, <laughs> yeah, I right. feel embarrassed. More embarrassed than the guy who's literally next to me in full on like Kylo Ren cosplay with the most ugliest lightsaber I've ever seen. And I'm just yeah, can't. Sorry. He was actually really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Although that lightsaber, it was not the one. Oh, Hope no. he's not listening. Yeah, I was about to say if you're listening. You, you Sorry, were nice. Kylo cosplayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really fun, but uh, <sighs> Disneyland is weird. I won't talk about this too much, but like, I was kind of interested to go because it does. I mean, it's like its own country, basically, like Disney World. Yeah. Uh, you like, and it is. I can't understate how overwhelming it is. I stayed mm. at a hotel where I was in the Cars suite. And after I'd stayed there for a week, I was like, you know what? I should watch the movie Cars again. That, I don't think I gave it a proper chance. Came back to the UK, slept and went, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> like, Cars. I, cars. Ciao, etc. Yeah, I cannot believe you were Lightning McQueen pilled after staying in the Cars room. <laughs> Literally, I got, I, like, and the music, there's like music on your TV. You can switch it off, but there's like ambient Cars music. <laughs> like from the film that plays constantly and then like i don't know it's just so uh, everything you eat is mickey shaped and like everywhere you go there's like music from the films and like it's just i honestly felt like i was being like indoctrinated <laughs> into a cult yeah this is like, literally how you do it right this is <laughs> yeah this is peak capitalism and what oh do you mean God. ambient cars noise <laughs> i need to i need to know what that means so That's like so cursed. honestly though it's not like car beeps and cars like on the road <laughs> it's just like twangy country music that sounds like it's from the cars film but like disney has this for every room so we were originally in like the little mermaid suite and they would apparently play like like underwater ambient music which i actually really like that kind of music but like yeah it was, nice. it was yeah, honestly yeah. 
it's the weirdest fucking place. I would never take my kids there. <laughs> really? <laughs> if I had any. I just feel like it's so overwhelming as an adult that if I brought like a six-year-old or a seven-year-old there, I just feel like they wouldn't be able to handle it because it is mm. so overwhelming. Like all the the rides and the characters and you you don't quite understand like what money is, right? So you want all this shit. You're gonna, you want to buy it all. And like, it's mm. it's just like, I just felt very, like I, d- I definitely have like a Disney hangover. Like I got back and I was I was like, this is that was intense. It was an intense holiday. Yeah, that's one of the most intense holidays I've been on for yeah. that reason. When I saw it's you on wild. Tuesday, I'd never seen anyone look simultaneously so tired and so like <laughs> hyper. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it's it was honestly like the rides were amazing. Like I love a theme park. I went on all the rides. I think Disney's doing like the best theme park rides in terms of technology, theming, everything about them was amazing. And I would yeah. I, like you know anyone who wants to go for the rides go but the mm. whole disney like oh my god there was like they're obsessed with walt which is obviously understandable but he's everywhere in the fireworks show he's like they have quotes about him his photo is like oh my god it's just very strange because walt disney oh. was kind of a big a big weirdo with too much money he wants to make his own utopia and it's just a bit like anyway it's very funny yeah. but kind of weird but also i really enjoyed it <laughs> Wow. If, if you enjoy weird Disney, and this is definitely something to just cut, but I will say quickly, there's a really good episode of a podcast I listen to just about Disney <gasps> mysteries, which I will have to send you because it's it's Ooh. very compelling. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, what's for that sure. Called? Um, so it's the Chiluminati podcast, which I talk about all the time. I can't remember. I think they did two or three Disney episodes. Um, oh, damn. I'll send you the links because I can't remember where they were um, in, right. the, in the series. But it's really, like, really interesting stuff. Just yeah. for awesome. people. Because, like, one of the... One of the hosts grew up in like Los Angeles sort of area, so he's mm-hmm. obviously like been there all, right, all his life. It's really yeah, interesting yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, no need to I'm keep. Fascinated by no need it. to keep that in. I just thought I'd throw that out as a as an aside. Yeah, keeping I'll that in, keeping all the same. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Isn't there like a little town, like a Disney-owned? Yes, town. there's a Disney com- gated community where you can stay, and your house is themed. It costs thousands and thousands of dollars, but yeah, if you're oh like God, that much yikes. into Disney, you can stay. Uh, you can buy a house and stay on the property and then just get like access to the park it's it's very strange it's kind of fucked isn't it really Uh, like I want to go I've never been to the parks I've only ever been to Disneyland Paris and I was like a grumpy 14 year old and even as a grumpy 14 year old I was like this is actually all right Uh, (laughs) wait a minute oh my god I went to Disneyland Paris as a grumpy 16 year old and I'm two years older than you there is a chance that there was overlap Oh you my guys could have been there at the same time. Really? Yeah. When- oh my god, that's incredible. In my head canon now, we 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 passed each other yeah. at Disneyland don't tell Paris. Me, don't tell me what time of year you went because I want to believe it. Uh, yes, yes. Um, from from, um, from now on, that's our origin story. It is definitely we keep we're keeping that origin story. Um, but I I did I've been to I've been to Disney World Florida a couple of times um, mm. when I was nine and again when I was thirteen and I I need to mm. I feel the need to throw this now to friends of the podcast my parents um, for confirmation because I don't feel like I was particularly overstimulated especially. When mm. I went as a nine-year-old, and now I'm worried that I was like oh, the yeah. most cynical nine-year-old <laughs> because I was just there, like <laughs> this is fun. I was having fun for sure, but I wasn't like, you know. But then we didn't like, we didn't stay in the parks. My parents were really anti as like staying in the in the park, so we we stayed a bit outside totally and we did some that. other yeah, stuff yeah. other than Disney as well while we were there. So maybe mm. that's like 
maybe it's the sort of getting out at the end of the day, being allowed to go home. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. like, yeah, leaving a place. Because I was, so I, yeah, I was in the hotel. So we were there for a solid 10 days. Um, and I felt, I felt the brainwashing happen. Yeah. I felt it. <laughs> yeah, you Cars thought the two? movie Cars, Cars was three? good. <laughs> I could watch those. Yeah. Oh, honestly. That is wild. I appreciate the dispatch from Florida. Uh, that's incredible. And yes, friend of the podcast, Rebecca's parents, email at podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. I want to see this as well. Like, don't just tell Rebecca, email us. I want to read that Yes, email. me yeah. too. I also want to know. And we've got a really good video. I hope we've still got it of uh, me tricking my dad into falling off one of those moving walkways, which I think is probably... <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> probably the clearest memory I have and one that I know we had on video. So I'll, I'll see if I can... Yes. How did uh, trick him into falling off? Well, it was more that he was like, he was doing the very dad thing. He got the digital camera. I think digital cam was quite new at the time. Yeah. And he was like filming off the side of the moving walkway. And you know, Rachel, you'll presumably be familiar with this. You, uh-huh. you know, they go on for ages. So you're just kind of hanging around. Um, and he was like filming off the side. And I just saw that we were approaching the end. And I remember this like little thought in my head being like, he's probably seen the end. It's probably fine. But if I don't tell him, I can see what happens. Uh, <laughs> because I think that was when the, the time we went when I was slightly older, so I'd have been about 13. And when you're 13, you're a jerk. So <laughs> That is funny, though. It was that really funny. funny. The video is great yes. as well. The video was exactly what I wanted from that. Oh, he didn't like fall incredible. right over. He just like stumbled and then he, he was fine. <laughs> I didn't like injure my dad. I want to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> In Disney World. In Disney Release World. the footage. Release the footage. Yeah. <laughs> I need to know if they have that now. I really know. I haven't the seen those videos cut. in years, but I, mm-hmm. I hope they still have them. That's amazing. <laughs> well, brilliant. That's exactly what I wanted from a bit of Disneyland preamble. Disney World. <laughs> is Disneyland the one in California? Um, They're all Disneyland except the Florida one, which is Disney World, as yeah. I recall. Yes. So, so oh. I kept calling it Disneyland and people were like, no, Disney World. <laughs> Beaten to death by Disney adults. <laughs> God, can you imagine if I came back and I was like a proper Disney adult? I should have worn the hat no, when I saw you I in the goofy hat that, that has. Hat. Incidentally, I need to, to tell the listeners Rachel's goofy hat has its own hat. Oh, so yes. Rachel yeah. is wearing two hats when she wears the goofy hat. And when I saw oh. you in that goofy hat, I thought there was a chance that you come back a Disney adult. Um, <laughs> I just want you to know that not quite. You will always be my friend, even if you come back. <laughs> as a Oh, thank you, babes. I was. It'll really be an worried. adjustment. <laughs> But I care about you. I would say our friendship's up for debate if you become a Disney adult. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I am wearing a Mickey shirt, but it's like a cursed one. Oh, like it's a really oh, cool. That, oh, shirt. that is cool. Yeah, it's, really uh, it's uh so it's a Uniqlo one with the art, the artist Keith Herring, who I love. He was like a graffiti artist in the sixties, and uh, look at him. He's disgusting, <laughs> cursed. Anyway, no one can see this, but yeah. There's also one of him on a TV and the TV was like, the ink was running and I thought it was so cool, but it was like orange and I was like, I don't wear orange, babe. Sorry yeah, about it. No. But yeah, anyway, I'm wearing yeah. a Mickey t-shirt. <laughs> I have never, I, I've seen Keith Haring stuff before, but never realised the artist behind that stuff. Yeah. Well, every he's day a, a bloody school day, isn't it? <laughs> he's honestly like one of my favorite artists of all time. He's great. And then he started getting popular. Sorry about it. But he started getting really popular. Like as in um, Uniqlo did a collab with, um, obviously he's passed away, but Uniqlo did like stuff with him and then other places. I think his stuff didn't, didn't, didn't become public domain, but there was like a deal where 
brands could then start like plastering his work on stuff and i was mm. don't know how he would have felt about that but you know what i've got mickey mickey t-shirt out of it so whatever <laughs> it's a cool t-shirt <laughs> Actually, let's get the hat. One sec. Yeah, yes, get the hat. Get Go the hat, on. please. She's getting the hat. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, yes. Oh, I don't me. know if I can fit both on at the same time. I'm going to try, though. I think you can balance hat it on top of the hat headphones. and headphones. Hat, hat, headphones. Yeah. Okay, she's put the hat on. Yes. Listeners. Two hats, teeth at the front, and yes. the headphones are on the top. It works. And it's worked. Oh. That I is ha- superb. This is great. It is a cute hat, though, isn't it? It is. Everyone was like, what ears are you getting at? And I was like, ears? Um, there's only one thing I want on my head for this Goofy's entire, entire head and his hat, please. <laughs> Goofy's face. Go on, I'll wear this for the whole, for the whole podcast. Yes, it. please do Incredible. It. I love that. <laughs> I was actually in the, in the meeting on Tuesday. I wanted to wear this in the meeting and I totally forgot about it. Oh, in you should have I know. I was like, God damn it. Never mind. I'll do it now. <laughs> If it doesn't distract too much. He is making pretty hard eye contact with me. It's like I'm talking to Goofy. He's staring into my soul. What does he see? He's joined the podcast now. I've gone. Goofy's here. I'm not doing an impression. Oh, I was about to say, is that... Daddy? No, because I was calling him. I was calling him Daddy throughout Disney Park. It was it was always okay. so funny. And actually, when we were on the Star Wars ride, um, it's like the the thing is like Kylo Ren's chasing you, and I was like, oh, it's just my he's just having a really off day. It's just my boyfriend having a really off day. <laughs> and I like I was full on in the fancy like he's just he's my boyfriend. But yeah, he's Goofy's Daddy. To see me. Although I've never seen the Goofy movie. Don't don't come for me. What? Never seen the Goofy movie. You've never seen Goofy movie. Well, it's not really about him. It's about his his son, isn't it? So I was a bit like... No, it's about him. Oh, is it? I mean, yeah. it kind of gives it away. It's kind of in the name. I just always assumed that it was like his family. And I was like, this is not part of my fantasy. Oh my God. Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking this off. I'm taking it off. Oh no. It's taking me places. S- something something happens to you when you put that hat on, Rachel. I don't know what to tell you. Look. It, it took me I, places. I don't know how to respond to that, but uh, let me tell you, I think that's one of my favourite Rachelisms, and I might leave it in the podcast. Um, put it on Twitter for the. For the oh, good, good God. Oh put my me on God. blast. You've got to watch a goofy movie. It's. It's where his wife's canonically dead. Wife? Like, oh, dead. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. I think that's instantly become a core memory. That's just... That was perfect. That's hurt me. I like actually got oh, pins in my lungs from how <laughs> all the air in my body left at the same time. Though. I'm crying right now. Oh my I'm god! Actual tears. It's <sighs> fine. Right. Oh, wife. Oh, dad. <laughs> wife. That's oh, yeah, an addition dad, to the podcast law that I was not expecting, but is is not surprising. Uh, <laughs> Okay, okay. okay, ow, 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 my chest hurts, ow. <laughs> Mine does too, my God. Yeah, like here. Oh. Okay, ooh. Oh, 
Fucking hell. Come on. Did you see everyone in the Discord um, uh, uh, praising how funny you are, by the way, Rachel? Did you I, saw see the, I saw the pizza poisson thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, there was another message as well. What did they say? Uh, oh, that's nice. <laughs> Uh, Zero on the Discord said, it's a thing. My partner and I are stuck on her go for it, babes, as well. <laughs> uh, nice. Which I would agree with. I would absolutely agree with. Go for it, babes. <laughs> go for it, babes. <laughs> Just go for it. Love it. That's so nice. Well, you're very funny and a very good part of the podcast. Shall we actually talk about an indie game? <laughs> no, let's just keep complimenting me. <laughs> no, I don't, know, I don't know what's happening to you this episode with the goofy hat and all these compliments. And where are you going to start glowing? <laughs> you're going to start hovering off the ground. Vibrating. <laughs> She's leveling up. <laughs> She's too powerful. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, indie games. I cannot just think of you being the stepmother to Max from a goofy movie now. Uh, right, Eurovision. Oh yeah. Fuck, what is this episode? Even Somewhat for us, the the vibes of this like we record on a Friday. I think it's really important to mm-hmm. establish that yeah. we're back in our chaotic Friday vibes. <sighs> uh, it's Eurovision this weekend, next weekend. Yes, this Saturday. This Saturday. So mm-hmm. last Saturday by the time the podcast is out. Oh, mm. yes. Which is hilarious in a completely different way. Uh, True. So Eurovision. Rachel, you are, out of the three of us, I think, the biggest Eurovision liker. Can you explain to us what's the appeal of Eurovision? And for our American Ooh. audience, of which there are many, what the hell is Eurovision? Uh, so, yes, Eurovision. Eurovision is a yearly competition where uh, each country in Europe puts forward an act to take part in a singing competition and then uh, it's split over two semi-finals and then a final. Everyone in Europe then votes for who the act they like the best and that person wins Eurovision. It's basically a singing competition but you know spread across the entirety of Europe. Uh, it's very fun, it's very campy, uh, it's got a long history of being very queer and so yeah, I guess that's the appeal for me. It's just a good old time. And this year, uh, the UK are hosting it for Ukraine. Ukraine won last year, but obviously they're, you know, in a bit of a tight situation right now. So we are currently hosting it on behalf of them. And so it's very much the situation of, yes, we're hosting it, but a lot of the acts, a lot of the entertainment, a lot of the presentation is all about Ukraine, um, which is really great. And yeah, it's been the, well, when this comes out, it will be over for another year. But at time of recording, we've had two <laughs> semis. Um, we had one on the Tuesday, one on the Thursday, and now we've got Saturday's um, concert, which I'm very much looking forward towards. It's it's basically the equivalent of like the Super Bowl, like my Super Bowl, my Wimbledon, <laughs> um, any other sports thing. Like that is the magnitude of excitement that is around Eurovision for me and I'm sure many others. So yes, it's a good time. It's an interesting thing because as a Brit, I think traditionally in this country, because we never win, because everyone in Europe understandably (laughs) Mm -hmm. hates us as a nation. Yes. It it was always growing up, Eurovision was like something that we watched to almost take the mick out of. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like we're almost out of spite we're like well i'm gonna watch them i'm not gonna enjoy it every time someone says nil poire for the united kingdom (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like over the last few years 
I think a lot of people in Britain have sort of come around to actually enjoying it and to maybe appreciating it because in Europe, it's always been a huge thing. Yes. Yeah. I remember being at a family holiday in Greece when I was a kid and uh, the waiter was talking to us and he went, oh, do you watch Eurovision? You like Eurovision? And my dad being like, no. And he was like, why not? It's like the biggest event of the year. Everyone loves Eurovision in Greece. And my dad was like, oh, yeah, not in the UK. <laughs> so we got Terry Wogan to narrate it for a long time. And he just used to take the piss out of it. But I think now that the, the general perception has quite rightly changed to just appreciate it for what it is, which is just this like really nice, you know, bringing together of everyone uh, mm-hmm. across this continent that we politically separated from for some reason but yeah it's yep. it's nice um i do enjoy it i don't watch it that often but when i do i, I always have a good time rebecca do you have much of a history with yeah rebecca um, it's it's more or less the same as as you were saying Liam. i'm just gonna actually clear up a little bit of uh pod admin right now because we will get comments oh, yeah. uh the last time we said i don't know if americans know about this we got a lot of comments being like we totally know about this uh, americans yeah I know a lot of you know Eurovision, so Do they? Um, yeah, it's 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 kind of uh, it's interesting Uh-oh. that Rachel mentioned the Super Bowl because like I think that as the Super Bowl is to kind of audiences in the UK, it's like I definitely know Americans who are well into Eurovision potentially like more than Brits because as we were saying like in Britain, yeah, there's like that sort of kind of I guess snobbery around it. Um, I think that yeah. there is that kind of dismissing is this really cheesy campy pop contest and like mm-hmm. that wasn't you know that was just like oh really dismissible um the first time i remember really paying attention to eurovision was probably uh hard rock hallelujah oh because yeah that was just such a i was like i think i was 15 16 when that was that was the re- the winning uh, song and it was just 2006 a, 2006 that would so yeah i'd be 15 um <gasps> and yeah that was just 15 is the perfect age for hard rock hallelujah and so from then on i've kind of softened towards eurovision and i do i watch it sometimes like you said liam it's uh mm. um yeah, I remember my favourite, actually, I want to share my favourite Eurovision memory, just because it's such a nice one. Yes! The 2018 Eurovision um, was while I was in Amsterdam. I was on holiday in Amsterdam. Uh-huh. And I've been to the Kuchenhof Tulip Garden, which mm. was like a bucket list day out for me. And it was an amazing, amazing day. Um, and my partner and I have been on our feet for about 10 hours. And we sort oh, of like God. got back, we got back to the hotel after dinner. It was about 8pm. And mm-hmm. we were just like, we we physically couldn't move so we were like right we just need to like we just need to just like chill out in the room and watch tv because we cannot do anything else now and eurovision was on and we just sat and watched yeah. like four oh, or five hours of so eurovision nice. song contest and it was it was um netta one with toy which oh, i was rooting yeah. for her i liked that song a lot um, and song. it's just a really, really lovely end to a lovely day. And so I have that really, Aww. really fond memory of that year. I don't watch it every year. I don't watch it at the moment because yeah. I don't have, I don't really watch TV anymore, but I'll watch the highlights on YouTube probably after this mm-hmm. year's. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's kind of a, just a, something I check in with occasionally and tend to, tend to, you know, really enjoy. If something, yeah. something comes up that I'm really into, I'll sort of follow it. Um, by the way, I hope yeah. I didn't like... <laughs> Sorry, I hope I didn't sound like I was telling you off, Liam. I just really did want to like get in there and be like, Americans, it's cool. Oh, <laughs> cancel me. Please cancel me. Yeah, no, it's just <laughs> Americans last time, last time I did it, I was like, Wallace and Gromit, do you know it, guys? And like, <laughs> I got a lot of messages saying like, we know Wallace and Gromit. And like, everyone was very nice, but in a slightly like, 
don't challenge me on Wallace and Gromit sort of way. Yeah, <laughs> but you like... see, this is I'm playing mind games here. This is my YouTuber mentality because we got more reviews of people saying I know what Wallace and Gromit is <laughs> than we have at any other point in the podcast. So I feel if I'm like, well, these Americans yeah. don't know what Eurovision is, I'll bait them into giving us five star reviews. <laughs> yeah, that was a good point. Um, sorry, yeah. Feel free to cut my my little no. uh, correction. But the reason the reason that I wanted to bring it up as well was because um, there is uh, an American author who I whose work I follow, uh, Catherine Valente, um, who has been tweeting all day about her excitement for Eurovision. So it's been fresh in my mm. mind. And she wrote uh, Space Opera, which if you've never read it, is a space opera about Eurovision. Oh, um, which is a very very fun sci-fi novel that I read a few years ago. Um, and I I do want to recommend that. So it wasn't it wasn't just like a it wasn't just a mean telling off with no with, with no payoff. I really did no. want to recommend a little bonus recommendation for you from this. That's amazing. This episode is uh, yeah space opera by Catherine Valente. Um, is about <laughs> looking at that now. Uh, first contact with Earth and basically uh, Earth learning that they need to to compete in intergalactic song contest um and if they lose they'll be destroyed because it will demonstrate that they can't play nice with other planets so yes wow. and it is very very funny and very very weird and it's a it's a great book good it That's sounds funny. very much in the spirit of eurovision as well it's that she, like, she has nailed the vibe of eurovision it's so good that's the thing i, I think as well like, people like americans won't get it and I don't think that's true because, yeah, like we've talked about, it is quite big in both China uh, and other Asian countries and the US. Um, Australia compete for, now as well, don't they? So yeah. So uh, that's a what? funny story because, yeah, so for for Eurovision 60th, I think it was like maybe five years ago, they were like, Australia, you know, have a guest spot because it's, you know, it's cool. Like it's the 60th. We're all having a good time. They did so well. They came second that Eurovision wow. were like, you can stay. And ever since they've com- they've consistently been in top 10 because they are wow. that good. So yeah, we'll keep them. They're ours now. <laughs> they can compete. We've done that before though and it, it wasn't nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little bit troublesome from that perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good for them. Good for them. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they're happy to be involved, considering the history of all that. So. But this is the interesting thing I like about Eurovision as well is that, as campy and silly as it gets, it is a microcosm of geopolitical mm-hmm. attitudes towards other countries. Absolutely, yeah. And you can oh, yeah, totally absolutely. see that. Well, this is the thing because a lot of people are like, um, including Eurovision, like we're an apolitical show, and it's like. Girl, you are not a political shit. Like, there's so much <laughs> politics going on yep. in the in the reasons why Russia's not competing this year, in the reasons why it constantly gets censored in both sometimes the UK we get censorship and in China and the US there's constant censorship stuff. Like, it's all it's all sorts of political nonsense going on, babe. Like, of course you're not apolitical. Like, <laughs> but I think that's why I enjoy it as well. It's very. I mean, that's the reason why one of the reasons why Ukraine won last year was because the actors honestly so good like Kalish Orchestra uh, were amazing but it was just mm. a coming together of everyone being like this is a demonstration of like we support yeah. you and the, the like the horrible fucking stuff that's go- you're going through right now like we're here for you yeah. Mm. so yeah for them to be like no politics here is like 
I don't I don't think so, babe. I, yeah. I literally my we're talking about like our favorite Eurovision memories. The first time I ever got drunk was watching Eurovision with my older cousin. Wow, incredible. We were drinking cider and she was basically teaching me geopolitical tensions in Europe and the world through the context of how each country was voting for each other in Eurovision. Oh wow. And I was like incredible. 14. And yeah, that was like since then Eurovision has always kind of stood as like you say, it's it's just this it's this melting pot of like cultures and of mm-hmm. also like so representative of what's happening. Like I don't think we got many points in 2016 <laughs> after we voted to leave the EU, did we? So oh, it would have uh, been slightly yeah. before, wouldn't it? So I guess so. The, oh, maybe it was 2017. Probably, then, yeah. Uh, so the last Still time though. we last time the UK <laughs> won was in the 90s, so maybe like 97, 98, and then mm. since then we've consistently been second board. And not only mm. that, but in the last maybe eight years, we've we've been in the dead last like five times. <laughs> yeah, like, dead last, not yeah. like second to that. And other times, it's always been like last. We've always been in the second yeah. half bottom board, apart from last year with Sam Ryder. And finally, whoever's organising our songs and our performances, because our one this year is very poppy. It's very upbeat. It's gotten loads of like watching YouTube. YouTube views are quite a, like a, a early indicator of what what songs are going to do well. And ours is like mm. one of the top ones. It's got a couple of million views on it. So yeah, we finally got the memo that maybe we shouldn't stop sending like. I don't know, flops is the best way I can describe yeah. it and actually start sending people who, you know, it's a bit more upbeat, it's a bit more... And Sam Ryder was a, was a great example of that. Who they came second. Great, yeah. Hmm. yeah, so... I guess that's reflective of the current attitudes towards it, right? Of like, we're actually taking it seriously now instead of... Well, the way we used to decide our act before was through a, a another singing competition, which was on, like, during 6 to 9pm. Its main demographic was older women, like 40s and above. And essentially, that audience was deciding who we were sending to Eurovision. And guess what the demographic for Eurovision is? It's not that demographic base. Yeah. Ah, yes. So we were sending nice, lovely young men with all lovely voices. Oh, they're so lovely. And they would bomb because they were just, as good as they were, they were just not representative of what people like in Eurovision. So yeah, yeah. someone went, mm, maybe this TikTok guy with long hair and a booming voice and like really mm-hmm. yeah, good personality. Maybe he should. And then he came second, which was great. Yeah, yeah I like Sam Ryder a lot. A- Really interesting history of Eurovision, Rachel. Thank you. That was, I've, <laughs> yeah, learned, I've learned things. I'm so I'm, happy I'll, to I'll have I'll keep dropping them in throughout the podcast. I would love yeah. that. Please May I do. make two quick observations, please? Yes. One, I've just seen where Rachel's put the goofy hat. It's now on a lamp. Have you just it's noticed staring it? staring yeah, at it's me. Behind yeah. It's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> um, it's like he's swallowing the lamp. Another thing I just want to mention is... Uh, but I think we've got a new record 35 minutes into this recording. No one's mentioned a video game yet. No, wait, oh. Rachel, Rachel's mentioned some Disney games. We're all good. We're all good. Oh, it's okay. yes, we have. Well, that's not, an indie, that, that's not an indie game, though. Dreamlight Valley. Yeah, is... we, no one's mentioned an indie game. That is that is a thing we're going to have to address at <laughs> we've some mentioned point one in game. this recording. I will address it now. I Again, I have a bit inside baseball. My first point here is for the first part of my plan under the heading Eurovision, I have literally just asked Rachel about it. So thank you. You've fulfilled that it point. It was so interesting, Rachel. Thank you, genuinely. <laughs> Second of all, the reason why we're doing this episode is partly because we thought it would be a fun way of talking about indie games yeah. in a bit of a jokey, silly way. We're, this isn't going to be a serious Indiscovery episode. And also we're so busy at the moment. Mm. This is just oh, us able goodness, to blow yeah. off steam and still get paid from <laughs> work, basically. Yes. Yeah, that's true. 
so yeah, to try and link this all back into indie games, we are going to submit some indie、mm. game characters that we think would be、uh, good performers in our fictional indie Eurovision. Indivision, if you will, you can tell I wrote、yes. this five minutes before we started recording. I love it. So I would like to know if you could put forward an indie game character into our fictional Eurovision slash Indivision contest. Who would you submit? Ooh, Rebecca, do you want to go first? I feel like you should go first as the、uh, as the as the big Eurovision fan on the team. But if you're struggling, I have my answer. I've had my answer since you first mentioned this. Several weeks slash months ago, so I would like to hear you yours first. I would、okay. like to hear what you have to say. Okay, I only I only have the one because I applied a rigorous set of standards to my selection. Of course. <laughs> oh my god, I love this. <laughs> I love this so much. <laughs> I want to hear everything. I want to hear the standards. I want to hear, get into it, babe. Okay, so my my rules, obviously.、Mm-hmm. I was like, it has to be someone who I think would be eligible to compete in Eurovision. So we're looking for characters. With you know from nations that compete,、oh、so because、yeah. so many God, games, she's put more thought into it than I have already. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> This is why I only brought one because I narrowed it down so far. I was like, you've brought I, one correct answer. I trust you guys to have actually done more in the spirit of just making a fun selection and not apply a bunch of weird rules to it. It was already、yeah. like pretty restricted.、Mm-hmm. Now, now, guys. Okay, this is gonna make it sound like I only play one indie game, and it is <laughs> true. But also, <laughs> I have found the perfect answer. So it doesn't matter that it's true. That I only play one indie game. I only play one game at all.、Um, I want to submit for your approval. Yes, Liam Delianecore from Monster Prom, because、oh, he would be the perfect Eurovision. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> right, okay. I'm gonna take you through my reasoning. I don't know for sure, but he's a 400-year-old vampire, and his surname is Delianecore. I'm thinking he's got to have at least one European nationality yeah, attached to him somewhere, for sure. So, so we're good there, for、mm-hmm. sure. He can, he can definitely. He's probably from like, I don't know, Liechtenstein by way of France or something. He's gonna, he's gonna be able to. Yeah, he'll be、um, fine. And and like very crucially, genuinely, in a way to try and bring this back to something broadly sensible,、um, the Monster Prom games do have really banging soundtracks. So that is just something <gasps> that I wanted to to bring in. So、um, would they sing something from the soundtrack, or would it be like an original song? Oh, so the thing the thing about Liam, and as I picked this, I realised this is going to be confusing. Because <laughs> Why? <laughs> Certainly not throwing me off. <laughs> to pick a character with the same name as one of my co-hosts, and like to the point where I was like, should I just as a joke be like, oh yeah, my three choices would be like Liam from Monster Prom, Rachel from Life is Strange, and Rebecca from Resident Evil, even though two of those aren't <laughs> even indie games, just because I can, I can make things as confusing as they can possibly be. <laughs> That'd be a great、um, Eurovision band. I mean, I yeah, I go see that band. Um, but no, yeah, that's just me raising hell. My own amusement.、Um, but yeah, no. Genuinely, this you know, this is a character who is through his various story arcs in various games in the series is very interested in music, 
Um, mm. I think there's a there's a whole storyline about him going to an Imagine Dragons concert, which is kind of if you want to. Oh my god! I think he's slightly dragged there though, because like the vibe from from his whole thing is that he is into very hipster experimental like. You ordinary mortals wouldn't understand my taste in music if it's if anyone's heard of it, it's not mm-hmm. good anymore. So I like to think that he would just he would just submit the most off the wall. Like there is nothing resembling an instrument, there is nothing resembling vocals. It is just strange noises played discordantly together. Incredible. But he would definitely. I mean, I'd vote for him for sure. I'd <laughs> I'd, I'd see I'd see him in the finals. Yes, I think what's good about it's like. Weird noises and weird sounds goes down really well. People don't normally just like you know a a synth yeah. beat. So I think mm-hmm. he would. I think he, I think they yeah. would do really well. I think he. Yeah. I need to see I what this person looks like. He's uh, also the... vampires. Yes, I mean, yeah. obviously, the vampire aesthetic is going to do so well, right? Yeah, one thousand percent. Let me see. I him. do. I do also want to say there are at least two canonical bands in Monster from in Universe, but I I ignored them both to, to say the okay. silly one instead. So he's the giving European like connection. Exactly. Yes. He's giving like top knot David Tennant and Doctor Who yeah, like yep. mm-hmm. he's got the ankles out, very cute. Would he be playing an instrument, do you think? Keyboard. I think he's a keyboard. Like but you know <gasps> with all of the with all of the sound effects going guitar? on. So. Oh, I do love a guitar player. I think that would go down very well. He's cute. I think they do amazing. Everyone loves it. <laughs> Skinny boy on guitar. Keytar. Hell yeah. You're selling me more on my own idea, Rachel. This is approved. <laughs> yeah, it's good. No, yeah, okay. <laughs> Submitted alive. What do you I, I do like a keytar player? Keytars yeah. are so cool. Keytars are Can cool. we explore are they? Can we explore this a bit further? Is there something inherently attractive about the keytar? I think there's just the fact that at a very impressionable age I was very into the network. Um. <laughs> oh wow, okay. Yeah, that that's a great answer. <laughs> it's like it's like all the sexiness of the guitar, but it's like, it's like a, it's like a, well, you said he's like a, like a hipster as well, right? So yes. it's like, it's got yeah. that. Well, it is ooh, quite, it's yeah. just, ooh, I got a bit It is, it's got to be hipsterish. It. It's either got to be Kitar or Theremin, now that I think about it. <gasps> oh, the Theremin is so cool. The, oh, a Theremin yeah, player. Like, uh, was it Clara, yeah. Clara Rockwell? Is she the really famous Theremin player? I have no or? idea. I have but no yeah. idea either. Got to be some. But that instrument is cool. Good. He oh, would, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> him on the theremin would be aces weird instruments are the best yeah yeah i'm, I'm picturing a, a full one-man band setup so like keyboard in front with a with a theremin <laughs> kind of on top keytar in hand yep. as well just switching between everything like Incredible. a discordant melody that. something slightly oh, yeah. gothic about it obviously because he's a vampire oh yeah, yeah. eurovision people love goths yeah, and every so time like, there's a goth, they get through. Goth, hipster, super, 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 like new wave, new age, like it's a mess, but it I works. I love that. Yeah, Incredible. Love that. This that is, is a, I love that you applied like practical uh, <laughs> yes. parameters for that. That's brilliant. Can I just say, if I had not applied my practical parameters for it, I would have probably said Junebug from Kentucky Route Zero. Which um, brings me on to what one of my choices uh, was. Oh, what a segue. Okay. Because. Because I wasn't sure how far you'd have played into Kentucky Route Zero, Rebecca. So I was a bit like, ooh, maybe I'll ask if she's played Act 3 or not, just to kind of like feel out. Because I think for me, that's like one of the best parts of Kentucky Route Zero is is the performance by Juneberg and Johnny.
these two um, android cyborgs who you meet in Kentucky Route Zero. And there's a moment at the end of the chapter where they um, play at a bar, this really like grotty back alley bar that's kind of like been forgotten. Um, and they're doing a, a show there and not many people show up apart from like your band of, of travelers, uh, drifters. And so because Kentucky Route Zero is kind of surrealist and magical in a lot of ways, there's a moment where they start performing and it kind of switches up into this kind of ethereal stage where the roof of the bar kind of lifts up into the sky and Junebug's now wearing, previously it was like a jacket and jeans and is now wearing like a beautiful dress and this is just so I just feel like it would work really well in Eurovision like ballads can go like one of two ways like but if they're interesting enough and they're kind of like they're doing something unusual they normally go down really well so I feel like that song mm. oh it would do and so you, well you pick the lyrics right or you help right? kind of write the song is it so I just played this part. This yes. is like the last bit I played in Kentucky at Zero. I need to finish oh. it. But I so just wouldn't it be this, amazing? It's beautiful, if, like, isn't it? It's yeah. So and then beautiful. like, so you choose the lyrics, but then wouldn't it be cool? Like through the Eurovision app, you could choose the lyrics that she would sing on stage oh, during the performance. That would be so good. Girl, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's so, it's interesting that we came to the, the same um, band person. Because indeed. And it is honestly one of the, I can just see on this stage, it is a stage in my mind. It's just such a good song as well. It'd be like really good midpoint when you've just had an absolute banger of a track and it's just like everyone come like mm. come down song. Yeah, that's a good is song. The song you're referring to, Static Between Stations? Uh, ooh. Junebug it's called. Have, here's an interesting thing I, I, like to, I like to bring out about Junebug is that they are one of the few in-game bands that has a real world album. Oh, do they? Yeah. Um, I had no idea. You know how I know, Rachel? Because I was on the news desk at PC Gamer the day it released. And <gasps> so I did the I did the news coverage of it for PC Gamer in 2020. No way! Oh um, my god. Yes, oh yeah, there's it's, literally, a, it's literally an article here, actually on RPS about it as well. It's mm-hmm. what I'm listening to the song on, and it absolutely fucking rules. That song is so good. It's very um, ethereal and... Yeah. She's like dancing symphonies. like this. As she's singing so it, and you're just like, mm. this is definitely one of the places where um, Kentucky Route Zero's Lynchian inspirations come in because there mm. is a lot of Angelo Badalamenti coming through in yes. in Junebug music, but yes. a little bit more synth wave. I feel he does like having people sing in his stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, That's there's like um, oh, he loves it. Most of the return was people singing. Yeah. <laughs> True. Just an aside, yeah. I've listened to, to the Twin Peaks soundtracks so much throughout oh my entire my life. And just the... Yeah. Sam. I can't remember the name of the female vocalist, unfortunately, but all of the songs that she's on, they're just they're so good. What, what's that meme? I always think of that meme where it's like David Lynch like pulling like a, <laughs> a face of ecstasy while he's slamming a button down that just says, Oh, Angelo. And it's got oh, Angelo yeah. like playing something on the piano. It makes us laugh every time I think I've of never it. seen that. That's <laughs> Really You've good. never seen that? I'll send chuck it, it Chuck it in the chat, yeah. Please do, I want to see it. <laughs> That's a great one. And I have just immediately added that song to my playlist because it absolutely rules. I need to play Kentucky Route Zero. Yes, Watch you this do. Space. <laughs> I need to finish Kentucky Route Zero, so you know, keep me honest. <laughs> do you, Liam, do you have someone? Yes. I have four, actually. Amazing, wow. Speed okay. ran. So the first one that I think would be really good is the Chowder Man from Hypnospace Outlaw. Oh, of course, Hypnospace. Whiskers growing at the Put the trimmer into overdrive 
Because you sort of need like a like a sweaty dad character sort of in Eurovision, I think. Mm, um, yes, you're sort so of right. like singing yeah. European pop ballads about things that don't really make sense in the English language. I think that's quite a staple part yes. of Eurovision. So I think he has the charisma and stylings of a Euro pop artist. Um, so yeah, I think I think Chowderman would be Chowderman good. also as like because I feel like there's like um, gimmicks in Eurovision as well right yes. a lot a lot of the time people have a thing whether it's like oh we're dressed up in this way or it's a puppet or whatever and Chowder Man <laughs> in itself is a, is a good gimmick it's a fun gimmick for sure yes agreed so I think they do very well nice okay Chowderman. that's a stamp of approval from Rachel I like mm-hmm. to hear that <laughs> um, how many more do you two have should I give another one or uh, should we bounce back to Rachel I've got I've got quite a few. Um, I wonder if one of yours is um, the theme from Paradise Killer. You know the um, the Stay Forever. Canonically, that's meant to be Lady Love Dies singing that as well. So I didn't her even think about on that stage. Speak. Right, I've got to get the the song for you, Rebecca. Okay, um, yes. so you can listen to it. Uh, actually, that let me just tell you. Peak Eurovision. So, like, I can't believe I didn't think of that. It's very Eurovision. So it's called Paradise, and then in brackets, Stay Forever. Um, I think you've just type in Paradise Killer, and then just theme song. But um, I think in Paradise Killer. The theme is there without the vocals, like in the opening. Yes. And I think during the credits, you get the vocals. And it's honestly... Oh, sorry. Please, yeah. I didn't mean to, to laugh over that. I just need to... You need to know this, but... <laughs> what? When you, when you type Paradise Killer Stay Forever into YouTube, the channel that has uploaded the top hit result is Miles Edgeworth Leet. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Of course it is. <laughs> I thought, I out of the corner of my eye there, Rebecca, because looking at the search result, I thought you dabbed when you said that. I thought you went Miles Edgeworth Leaf and just did like a mad I think what you can't see is there's a wall here that I had to hang on to because I was laughing oh, so hard. Like, oh, like, awesome. like, oh, I'm That's sorry. I'm so sorry I interrupted you, but I no, couldn't no. stop laughing. Um, unfortunately, I can't listen to it now because I have uh, deafened my headphones to other apps other than Discord. Oh, that's so, fair. But I'll listen to it. Sure. I mean, it's basically like... Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> Miles Edgeworth would really vibe to Paradise Killer. For oh, he sure. loves Eurovision, by the way. I just need oh, everyone 1, to know that. Oh, 1000%. Miles yeah, Edgeworth. Absolutely yeah. Does. He'd be a judge. He'd be 1000% a judge for the country. <laughs> yes. Like, oh yeah. my God. Incredible. He's also, he's like, he's like Anglo German, right? So, exactly. Like, exactly. There you go. So he can. There you go. go, Miles. Perfect. He could compete. 
Uh, and he would 1000% be backing the Paradise Killer song because it is incredibly Eurovision, like Liam said, like vaporwave, big, strong lady singing her heart out about just having a good time in paradise. Um, palm trees, colours everywhere. Just like, yeah. Yes. I feel like that song is very... It would be an absolute banger. It's a winner's That's song. That's a perfect pick. Yeah, it's a good song. I can't song. believe I didn't think about it. We have to put like a playlist or all these um, in the show notes so people we can do. listen to them. We do. Oh, absolutely. Uh, or absolutely. maybe could you like in the in the background? How much can you get away with like playing these these songs softly in the background of this Most podcast? Most of this stuff, I think, I'll be all right. We'll we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. But yeah, that one for sure. Oh, I know. I was like scrolling through my games, like oh, you know. Who would make a good Eurovision entry? Absolutely, Lady Love Dies. Absolutely incredible. Just can just be her. We don't need anyone else on stage. Just her no. singing it, keeping it real. You could have the other characters as backup musicians. That would <laughs> aesthetically, that would look very interesting. The oh, one it in the would costumes actually. And, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was one of mine as well. I, slightly related in terms of like, aesthetically, I think it makes sense, but I don't know what the music would be because I think the music from this game wouldn't fit Eurovision. Mm. But I do think the cast of Hades bring <gasps> that sort of like queer sexual energy that's peak Eurovision. Yes. Like, yes. you'd probably have Meg as the singer, but you would definitely have Zag on like <gasps> bass. And yeah. It would, like, oh, yeah. yes. You'd be waiting yes. for the camera to pan over Zag, I find. <laughs> <laughs> so like two like two Eurovisions ago, um, the Italian band um, Moleskine won and their energy is very Hades. Oh. I remember. I think that was the last one I watched. Yeah, and this 2021. Yes. Yes. So, uh, what did you so say wait, no, the year, the year before last. So it was, I get, I get confused because we missed a year and it always fucks me up. 2020, we didn't have one. They're called Manskin. Let me, M-A-N-E-S-K-I-N. Oh, yeah, M-A-N-E-S-K-I-N. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they're very. Oh, I remember them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Hades very much gives them, them like, that's the same vibe. I know exactly what you mean. And they would do a song like they did. 1000%. You 100% could dress Manskin up as Hades characters and yeah. they would just rock yes. it. Yes. But that energy, like there's there's like interviews with the lead singer and he's just got his legs up with his like, his like, I don't know, six inch boots on the desk, topless with a bottle of champagne, like taking <laughs> press questions after they won. <laughs> I remember watching that one. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm amazing. looking at that photograph right now. It's yes. the best. So that energy... 1000% the Hades cast and it's, <laughs> so they, all the voices as well you know that they can all sing that would be incredible yes. absolutely yeah I thought that was quite a good one because I have a super giant one as well because do you mm-hmm, Red from Transistor who's a pop star in Transistor oh yeah I Hades crew I think she'd definitely be more of a ballad girl 
she yeah. could sing her ballad her sweet sweet ballad and then I don't know it'd just be pretty visuals nothing fancy just her in a spotlight it could go either way because some people like a bit more upbeat some people like the more heartfelt stuff but the judges the judges would eat her up like I yeah, feel like the Hades crew would be very um, like the public vote they would eat that shit up but she's yeah. very judge like for the judges so yeah super giant coming through with all the eurovision entries <laughs> they're just so good they're just so good at character design what can i say i know and um, the voices and the vibe is very yeah can i pull this into a random aside just for a second always um, go for it please continue <laughs> because i noticed that that we have largely like drawn from the wells of many of the games that we brought up in our in our very oh, favorite yeah. indie games episode a few mm. a few weeks ago yeah. and i'm like now there's two interpretations to that. One of which is one of which is ungenerous, which is that we are all just like absolutely stuck on our favourites, which is something that we might <laughs> yes. do. But the fact that we've all done it independently of each other, I think, is is supportive of the second explanation, which is like how important is music to you in in like making a game something that you really really love? Because hugely, I don't think of myself as a hugely musical person, but like all of the games that I really like, I have the soundtracks on constantly. And I don't think that's just a familiarity mm. thing. I think that music is a very important part of creating that atmosphere like a lot of maybe not in all cases but a lot mm. of the time i don't truly love a game unless it has a soundtrack i can emotionally connect with as well yeah is what i will say there are plenty of games i've enjoyed but if the music doesn't have if it doesn't resonate with me it's the music that sticks with me for longer um mm-hmm. i find uh yeah so i yeah. think a lot of my favorite games are as much because their soundtracks are evocative and impeccable yeah. Um, that's what keeps me come back. It's it's I suppose it's sort of the way back into the game as well, isn't it? Like when you finished a game mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, it's like that was what, fifteen to a hundred hours and it's not so easy just to drop back in, potentially, mm-hmm. with, with most games. But you know, go on YouTube, five minutes of the soundtrack and you're kind of really back in it as well. And it's just yeah. in in many ways one of the most accessible ways to like revisit a game that you've loved. That's a really nice way of putting it. I completely agree. Yes. It's like, as you're describing that, I was trying to think of like, of of games and their soundtracks. And like, I just can't help with smiling. Like one of my favorite games is obviously Return, to the, Return of the Oberdin. And just mm-hmm. like hearing those bells in my brain just makes me <laughs> smile about that game. And it's just like, it's the same with everything we've talked about. Like, mm. I think mm-hmm. sometimes it is important for me. It depends on the game. If it's like, something like Terra Nil, which we talked about recently. I feel like the soundtrack is supposed to be a bit more evocative of like you, con- you you're concentrating. It's kind of there in the mm-hmm. background to be kind of not heard, but also heard at the same time to get the vibes going. But I mean, yeah, a bunch of my favorite games have really good soundtracks. And even, even games that I don't like, like I'm not, I didn't really click with Hotline Miami that much, but the soundtrack to Hotline Miami is like one of my favorite game yep. soundtracks of all time because it's nice. incredible. So yeah, I guess, I guess it can go either way, but a good soundtrack mm. definitely helps for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. There we oh, go. Gosh. Managed to bring mm. some some borderline analysis into this. It's very silly. Mm. None of that. Don't Please don't do that again. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> In <Sorry>. our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> people, people know what they've signed up for. <laughs> yeah. This is oh, no sure. one's first episode. Um, <laughs> so I've got another one. Hello, if it's your first episode. And Oh, yes. Hello. And uh, this is part of my I'm going to try a part of my crusade to get you two to play Undertale is a okay. character from Undertale called Metaton who is a <laughs> they first start out as like a robot but then when you fight them they transform into this like 
and really sexy android. I say sexy, but they're like very camp, like boots, hair, like makeup. They look fabulous. They're basically this like a, a drag great queen. Selection. This and is great. So the idea in Undertale is that Metaton is a creation made by another character whose kind of job or um, responsibility is like making people tune in to their television show. So they're very um, expressive, over the top. They want you to watch the show. At one point they do wear a dress and then <laughs> for, a, for a short time they take it off again. It's like... It's the closest, like I said, is the closest you can get to a drag queen, I feel like, in games. You don't see a lot of drag queens in games, which is, I was thinking about that when thinking of your, um, the games to mention on this podcast. But Metaton is definitely, like, in that area. And, like, as you fight them, there's, like, a ratings um, graph um, that, like, goes up and down depending on, like, how you fight them. And then one of their attacks is, like, their legs coming in at certain angles like with the pointed boot and you have to like avoid them and there's like options that you can pose you can um heel turn like it's very it's very over the top and i just feel like metaton would be such a good eurovision entry i feel like they would absolutely slay it they just have that very raw like queer energy about them that's like super fun and it's a great boss fight in undertale as well so you guys should really play Undertale, you know what I'm saying? I'm watching this <laughs> boss fight and I'm loving every single frame that I'm the, saying. This is the so music funny. as well. Death by Glamour <laughs> is the music and it's nice. it's absolutely slaps so hard. It's Incredible. so good. Yeah. A lot of Toby Fox's music, I think, would fit. Uh, mm. Eurovision, maybe. So I've gone down the rabbit hole of thirsty fan art is like the third thing that comes up when you just oh, type it's Metaton mainly Undertale. thirsty fan art, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> and also the, the top question on Google, what is Metaton's gender? Which is yes. Um, I just need to read you this snippet from a, a Steam community answer, just because it is oh. it is immediate and very interested. Metaton is male as a robot, and he is constantly referred to as he. However, it's possible, due to some hints in the game, that Metaton was a female ghost before becoming a robot, but it's never outright stated. That is everything in that statement is fascinating <laughs> to me. <laughs> that is incredible. Uh, yes, <laughs> the ghost. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, I love this character already, obviously. And yeah, they definitely have that. They have that sort of like glam look about them, which because of what I was talking about earlier and like definitely Rachel, particularly Rachel, do read Space Opera because that is basically the main character from Space <laughs> Opera. For God's sake. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I'm literally going, going to. But yeah, yes. like, oh. it's, it's a such a, it's, it's a point in the game as well because Entertainer can get quite dark at times. And mm. uh, it's just a really funny section because um, yeah he starts off as like a like a literal square like not to bring in Wallace and Gromit again but you know the robot that's like a square with like the wheel it's very yes. much yeah. that um, and then he transforms and when he transforms so you beat the you beat him the first time it's like the first um, part of the boss fight <laughs> am I gonna do this and then the screen goes dark and he goes oh yeah and then he comes <laughs> 
like oh, that it's honestly so funny. the best thing ever. He's oh, I love it. iconic. <laughs> iconic. Oh yeah. So. Oh my god. We, I, Toby we'll, Fox. We'll definitely play it. <laughs> Genius. We've got this idea for an episode format where we're going to play games that one person's played but the other two haven't. So we're starting with Kentucky yes. Route Zero. So Rebecca and I are going to play through it and then we're going to have a big chat about it. Um, and I think we'll probably do Undertale as well. I feel point. like we have to. Like It's yeah, such a big gap well. in my indie gaming knowledge. Yeah, you both Same. would love it. It's The humour is very much like yeah. right up your guys' street. It seems uh, like something I'd love. Yeah, I mean, for it's sure, yeah. the fan base, I mean, has gone... It's not exactly. I, th- I, think, uh, I don't know. This could be a whole conversation about Undertale. Like, I feel like maybe for another time, like fan bases and, and video games and indie games would be really interesting to talk about because Undertale's, oh, yeah, would, yeah. Undertale's fan base has been through the highs and lows of internet fandom. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Good game. Solid game. Yeah. Uh, man, we'll do it. Just, we'll definitely you can't do hold it. a fan base against a game. No, <laughs> no, you absolutely can't. Like, everything that I love has the weirdest fan bases, and maybe that makes me weird. No, it's, you're it's good, fine. babes. <laughs> I'm with I'm with the Undertale fan base for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god! Um, I was going to say, friend of the podcast, hopeful friend of the podcast, fan gamer, recently released like a <laughs> Nendoroid Toriel, and I'm like, I need that fan gamer. Please sponsor us. I really want that. I want all your merch. Yeah, we us three talk about it all the time. Week. Yeah, us three talk about your stuff all the time. Please, yeah. if anyone's from fan gamer, we would love it absolutely. Fan gamer, please. <laughs> Bad gamer. Answer my calls, bad gamer. God. I had another one as well. Oh, if we're still yep. going. Uh, it's not really an indie game, uh, but I thought just very quickly. You know at the end of Portal 2, <laughs> when you're going up to the, in oh, the, the elevators? The turret opera. Oh, the oh turret God. opera would honestly be iconic as well. Could you imagine? That is so good, though. Like, the- the final song from Portal 2, the um, Want You Gone, yeah. that could literally be a Eurovision song. That is 1, like a synthetic I love those songs, banger. yeah. Sam. Well, here we are again. It's always such a pleasure. Remember when you tried to kill me twice? Oh, how we laughed and laughed. Except I wasn't laughing. Under the circumstances, I've been shockingly nice. You want your freedom? And, and I do. I'm one of the people who prefers the the closing credits music to Portal Two over the original one, even though the original I do as well. Really good. Um, mm. Jonathan Coulton as well, I think, is the the composer, and he's just gen- generally a really good sort of comedy mm. folk rock musician whose stuff I recommend. Awesome. Can I forget our friend, Rachel and I, uh, our friend Ellen McLean, obviously, the singer oh, of those songs Your bestie, well. Liam. Yeah, I know. My Ellen, bestie. Ellen McLean confirmed Liam fan. Yeah, yeah. 1,000%. You guys were like oh, besties. besties. Absolutely. Oh, she sent me a lovely follow-up so wholesome. email afterwards as well. Yeah, oh. so adorable. <laughs> what a babe. Friend of the she's podcast, like, Ellen McLean. Oh. Seriously, this time. Yeah, actually, seriously. <laughs> actually, seriously, yeah. Um, I only have one more, which is just Yassified Harry Dubois from... Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't really know what I mean by that. Look, I've been doing Zelda guides for three days. I can't <laughs> be held accountable for my mental state at this point. I don't trust him, though. He'll literally go onto the stage and, like, absolutely... Die. Like, okay. Can, <laughs> can we... Yeah, die. 
<laughs> Can we get the game name for the listeners and not at all because I need it? Oh, oh sorry, Disco that's Elysium. Uh, Disco Elysium. Of course, thank you. The game that I have yet to get more than two hours into. Yeah. I've never even played and yet for some reason I've put on my list. <laughs> so we also wanted to have a chat about if we were to make an indie game based on Eurovision, yes. what would that game look like? So which of the two of you want to go first? I feel like Rachel and I were having a chat about this in our yes. Slack DM. <laughs> yes um inspired what? mainly by the fact that i never shut up about danganronpa um, <laughs> yes. but rachel brought it up for once so i feel that it's only fair. it was me it was me <laughs> so <I> was about <laughs> it <laughs> just as i'd gone quiet just as i'd 100 percented danganronpa 2 and was ready to like not mention it every episode <laughs> rachel's in there like <laughs> hey <laughs> <laughs> so it's her fault this time um <laughs> But yeah, I'm trying to trying to think. It, we we had we had the the sort of thought. I mean, this was this was mainly a Rachel thought. So I I don't know if you want to take it. To no, it you justice. go for it. I'm trying to think what you're talking about. <laughs> Not the execution. Yes, the execution. Oh, <laughs> yes, the execution. <laughs> and like, I know that there are probably better and more straightforward ways to do a Eurovision indie game, but I can't get this idea out of my head. Yes. <laughs> Of, um, I think that's a good idea. I'm, yeah. I'm going to quote you on this, Rachel, just because I think it's a great. Oh, please <laughs> go do. for a great it. One. What would be extremely funny would be a Monokuma-style execution to an upbeat Europop track. Lol, now that would be a performance. <laughs> <laughs> Which is <laughs> incredible. I mean, no lies detected. Absolutely. But, spot oh on my god, true. they're great. Those moments yes. of the game, devastating as they are. Are some of the the music is good, the performance is good. Monokuma knows how to put on a show. Like yeah, they really sure. do. Like, so it'd be great. Yeah. So Monokuma, the, the bear, the bear antagonist from Danganronpa. Indeed. I, I assume performs executions of school children. But yes. what, what 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 are we talking We're about? Normal. In terms this is of a normal execu- Rachel have, I swear to God. This is broken Rachel. Uh, what what are we describing here? Is um, the bear the bear is performing or the bear is killing off people who I feel like the bear is stage points. managing at this point. I feel like that's very much the Monokuma role. So like a group of people, they don't have to yeah. be teenagers, but they, they join Eurovision and they all perform. But instead of their usual performances, Monokuma kills them in each performance in a style that's reflective of either their country or the song they were going to do or, you know. So like, I guess if it was the UK, you'd have like a big Ben just come like slap on someone and splat them. <laughs> Oh, but something like egregiously like nationalistic for us because we're disgusting like that like i don't know yeah um (laughs) oh my god so that you know execution style with the dang you know with the dang run opera absolutely like ost just oh yes yeah for sure that would be one Um, game indeed and and absolutely incredible before anyone gets in in the comments we did we thought this one out (laughs) as to whether it was indie or not Oh, and we yeah. decided that it is because um, Danganronpa original creator has now left Spike Chunsoft to form his own company, Tokyo Games, which I think counts as indie at this yeah. point. Yeah, we decided. So we have decided. We have unilaterally decided that this mm-hmm. is indie for our purposes today. I like how you're saying no one in the comments better come from me when the only person who's ever come for either of you about whether <laughs> something's indie is me. It's this prick <laughs> in last episode. <laughs> The commenters are fine. The commenters are always the lovely. Genuinely, I'm yeah, don't the take problem. to mind too much if we slip away from Indies. 
No, which is great. It's Thank me. you, guys. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. It's not them. <laughs> it's me. Whereas I just like to, I just like to push you two to see how far I can get away with like pushing further and further into not indie anymore, just to, just to be, just to play Until the devil. Podcast just to, is just. just to be I'm traumatized. I'm honestly traumatized, Liam. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, no, don't please. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so there we go. Danganronpa is indie. Yeah, if you want some ideas for Danganronpa 4, you know. Eurovision. Oh my God, wouldn't that be the best thing ever? So the killing school. I'd love to play a murder mystery that's revolved around a singing competition. That would rule. That'd be so good. I kind of raised this just because I thought it was a fun point that we came up with and I didn't didn't want it to not be in the podcast, but the more I talk about it, the more we get into it. Another quick side point. There is an Ace Attorney case where someone is murdered at a concert, but it's the ones you haven't played Rebecca in the... Oh, no, what's his name? Yes. Thank you, Liam. Apologists, there is one. Nice. I look forward You've to it. You've to look forward to that. Localize uh, it, Capcom. Update yes. it, Capcom. Re-release it, Capcom. <laughs> Capcom. Friend of the podcast, Capcom. <laughs> Friend of the podcast, Capcom. I've- yeah. feel like the developer, Samorgul, who did Sayonara Wild Hearts, could do a good murder mystery set in a European <gasps> pop singing competition. Yes. Nice. That's a that, really that, that good point. That would feel like a good fit for them. Yeah. There we go. Pitched. Done. <laughs> Publish it. Well, my game idea was just like a Jackbox style party game. Yeah, I think a party game would be really fun. But you type a bunch of random words in. It like prompts you to either pick words or type them in. And then it like, and then choose like a bunch of instruments or like snippets of melodies. Yeah. And then the game would like create a song using like text to speech. A bit like, do you ever see, um, there was that Nintendo 3DS game called Tomodachi Life. Yes, I where know you that could, one. Oh, yeah. You know that one. It was like pitch shifting text to speech. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, I've like, seen some hilarious you, videos on YouTube about that. So yes. good. So good. So almost like that, like you create like mini Eurovision, like you like type a lot of random stuff in and you go like, just like make everyone laugh. And then whoever does the funniest performance wins. I yes. feel like that would be quite good. I, I would enjoy playing this. that three times and then never touching again. <laughs> right. It doesn't require me to sing, which means that I do like it as the idea of a, a kind of singing based Same. party game. That's my reason as well. Yep. That would be absolutely hilarious. Um, let down by the lack of murder, which I've started to realise is eerily <laughs> my only interest in life, truly. <laughs> But no, yeah, it's, I like it. I like it a lot. I love that. That's brilliant. Are we... Is it yes. got any other game ideas or are we ready just to move on? Um, Did I have a game idea? No, I didn't. I think the Danganronpa one was good. I think the... um That one, the party game one is a really good one as well. Because I was thinking something along the lines of like, not Sing Star, like the one you actually do have to sing. Mm. Or like Guitar mm. Hero, those kind of ones. But then I was like... As much as I like singing, I don't really want to... As part of a game, I feel like it'd be mm. a bit too forced. I'm more sporadic in the moment, like a Disney princess. Like, I don't really... Nice. I don't know. <laughs> um, I... <laughs> like, a, like Goofy's wife, a Disney princess. <laughs> yeah, a Disney princess. But would she be, though? Because is Daisy a Disney princess? And is Mi- Minnie's a Disney princess, right? Does Minnie count? I feel like there's some sort of um... like membership requirements beyond... Just I, being a female character in a Disney property. I don't think they do count. I don't think that I'm. I'm no, not even don't. sure because at the at the brief what the fuck? brief Disney moment in my life when I was maybe about to be not a Disney adult but an adult once again interested in Disney. Um, was yeah. Probably after the release of Frozen, just because I got really into the history oh, of Disney princesses yeah. from that for some reason. I was I liked the film. I wasn't obsessed with it, but I was like, what is the history of Disney princesses and can. Uh, 
Is it Nala from The Lion King, be a Disney princess? Oh, yeah. Um, which she... I think I think that they've made this rule where they have to be, like, humanoid, which seems um, bad. Um, but there was a whole thing where Anna and Elsa weren't being, like, inducted into the official lineup of Disney princesses after Frozen, and it was all a bit controversial in those circles, as I recall. Um, I don't think they're they now, not but... princesses. No, they're not. There's no? 12 official Disney princesses. Snow White, Cinderella, Aurora, Ariel, Belle, Jasmine, Pocahontas, Mulan, Tiana from Princess and the Frog, mm-hmm. Rapunzel from Tangled, Merida from Brave, Moana from Moana, and then here it says former princesses, Tinkerbell and Esmeralda from Hunchback. Oh, well, that's a bang. That's a read. Yeah, it is a bang. <laughs> Revoked. So you're telling me that I have to choose between being Goofy's wife or a Disney princess. I can't be both. I'm afraid you do. I'm so yeah. sorry to be the bearer of bad news on this. But it's honestly fine. <laughs> it doesn't look fine, Rachel. It doesn't look fine. It's honestly fine. I, oh, she's picking the oh, hat the back hat's up. Coming back. Oh, the she, hat's, the hat's gone lamp. now. Oh, she's made a decision. <laughs> Bye, Goofy. Bye. Don't know him. Don't know her. I would love it if oh. you reached over and there was a tiara and you just like, Oh, that would have been so funny. Lowered it onto your head. Oh. God, that would have been so good. I wanted to get a mini one for Wizard. Oh, a little yes. tiara for Wizard. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean it. Might happen. There you go. Um, <laughs> games. Uh, yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Should we move on to hyperfixation? Yeah, let's do it. works (laughs) in the edit i hope all that works in the edit us just jumping around and i feel like we've been calling back to so much stuff that liam's gonna have a nightmare editing i feel so so sorry i think this is nice this is probably the first episode that's like purely just for people who've listened to other episodes i don't think we're trying to get and some some very confused eurovision fans yeah who are like what the fuck sorry <laughs> sorry if you googled eurovision podcast and this came up for some reason i'm so sorry welcome <laughs> oh yeah, maybe welcome you love it discovery. <laughs> yeah who why are they talking about goofy so much in this eurovision <laughs> podcast it's about eurovision and indie games there is at least there's a solid half hour of goofy chat like <laughs> yeah as not enough us. goofy chat I went to listen to this podcast about my favourite Eurovision singers and it was just this person talking about marrying Goofy for 30 minutes. Thirsting over Goofy. <laughs> yeah, Going on well, a whole emotional roller coaster about him having a wife who was dead. <laughs> I don't think it was a roller coaster. I think it was a, a rocket from 0 to 150 miles an hour. It was just... That destination was reached. There was no journey. It was no a roller stops. coaster, but it was just oblivion. No. It was just... <laughs> yeah. Just, just, it was so in the moment. Up, down, done. There we go. It's my pure raw reaction to Goofy <laughs> it's having the a wife. Oh, so she's good. dead. Oh, she's dead. <laughs> That's all right then. Oh my oh, god. Oh no, my chest oh. again. Yeah, I know. Rebecca, right? if you were to marry a Disney character, who would you choose? Yeah. Oh my god, that's such a tough oh, question. Mm. You know, I did Goofy's actually back. when I watched when I watched Rapunzel. Um, is it mm-hmm. but Tangled? That's the one. Tangled. Yeah. Um, which I personally, like, I watched uh, Brave, Tangled and Frozen all around the same time. And honestly, oh, yeah. I liked them all. Frozen, probably my least favourite, to be perfectly honest. <gasps> Tangled's cool. the superior film out of the two. Um, and oh, yeah, he's... Flynn, Flynn Rider, kind of my type, I guess. I mean, He's like, kind of hot, isn't yeah. he? He's, he's hot. pretty hot. Um, who else we got? Tangled. 
Oh, Gaston. I, no way. No, I, what? No, really? I can't, I can't with the villains. <laughs> Rachel, we're learning so much about you today. <laughs> Gaston. Gaston. I, I regret to inform you, but it will come up sooner or later, that I am way too fucking paragon in my life to crush on a villain unless they have like a redemption arc. I'm sorry. It's, it's, really? Yeah, to be it's honest, he's kind of grim. me. <laughs> True. Oh, uh, Maleficent. Uh, see, yes, I will say yeah. the for horns. Sure. Not usually Stop. a big Angelina Jolie fan, but in the movie, <laughs> hell yeah! And again, yeah. we've got the we've got the villain's point of view. We've got the she doesn't need a redemption arc once you've seen no. Maleficent, and that's also yes. they didn't invite her, so shame on them. <laughs> they were just like all she wanted was to go to the christening or anniversary or birth or whatever, and she was denied <laughs> that. And as a woman who who's going to miss out, like. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah, you know what? Yeah, her for sure. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other people. That I know, right? Suddenly, uh, given this question, my mind has gone so blank all of a sudden. I have googled hottest Disney characters, and okay. this list I'm on has Tramp from Lady and the Tramp. I knew it was all going to be animals. I knew it's as soon as you said the uh, Wait, who was the other one? Pongo from 101 Dalmatians is at 11 on this list. Mm. Nala's number nine, and you know what? I knew what? Nala was going to be one. That was... I don't disagree with that Nala one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, there's oh, people, I, there's on. people who like prefer beast to human beast, I was about and that to is say, valid. valid. It's a glow down. It would have to be. I can't glow believe down. I forgot Beast, my my original my original Disney husband from when I was like five years old. Go. I think I think he's going to win over Flynn and Maleficent. To be honest, it's got to be the Beast. Okay beast yeah i know but you you're like you're like saying ooh gaston but like the beast is literally like he's not very nice at the beginning but he does not but he has a redemption arc which is my and gaston doesn't that's my rule so (laughs) although can we just say um in the the live action remake oh i didn't see that oh Oh, yeah oh my god yes ewan mcgregor is lumiere for sure oh okay oh did you look it up did you look it up i hope it was gaston in the live action one Luke Evans. Oh, okay. Who's else on this on the list? I want to know. Uh, oh, I'll get it back up. I'll close it down. <laughs> Sorry. You don't it have to. I mean, we, we could probably move on. No, 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 no. We're doing this. We're doing this. <laughs> this is just a thing. Hottest I Disney character. Know. Here we go. All right. Okay. He is top 10 for, yeah. according to this list, decider.com, yeah. the hottest characters in Disney. Okay. Number 10, Tarzan. Yeah, I can see that. I can okay. see it. Number nine, Nala. Mm-hmm. I can see it. Mm-hmm. Number eight, Hercules. Okay. Sort of, yeah. Two goody two shoes. Like, oh, I can't be dealing so with all that. What was his yeah. love interest name there? Meg. I loved her. Uh, well, yes. Yeah. Meg would maybe be my choice, to be honest. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, damn. I think, I think we're looking at one of my first crushes on women. <laughs> Meg. <laughs> it's from on Disney. Hercules, yeah, now fair. we look at it. <laughs> my. Should I admit this on the podcast? Yeah, why not? Go my on. first ever, like, crush in my life. Was the uh, the female squirrel from Sword the Stone? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Do you get that's it? Valid. That's First valid. person who's ever got yep. that. Okay, that felt valid. like as like whatever a young child, four or five years old. It was like neurons activated. It was like yeah. no, but like that... Disney make those animals like. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> a fox Robin Hood. Oh well, yeah, that's cute. We're no? getting to that. We're getting to Fox Robin Hood. <laughs> oh, okay, oh are we? Are we? Sorry for jumping ahead. Number seven is Captain Lee Shang from Mulan. I see it. Yeah, oh, yeah for sure. Yeah. I see that. Number yeah. six, Robin Hood. 
I do. I do see it. <gasps> yes, I so it. many. I've seen that so much. Yeah, that Robin Hood was yeah. a lot of people's first. That's a, that's a dang thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Five is Esmeralda. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in that whole film about the the priest is just so horny for Esmeralda, he just <gasps> <laughs> loses his mind. Okay, but like Hellfire is an absolute oh, such a good banger song. of a song. Banger Frollo of a song. was a nasty pasty little man, but like yeah, that song. But you got to say the man does a good ballad when he's horny. <laughs> Eurovision <laughs> contestant. <laughs> this should have been Disney in Eurovision. This should have been <laughs> Disney Eurovision. Just trust our audience to follow us from indie games. <laughs> Number four, Aladdin right, sorry, yeah. from Aladdin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, very much I so. I get that. Number yep. three, Meg. Yep. yep. Hell yeah. Described here as the sexy Amy Winehouse of Disney classics. Okay, no. All right. Absolutely weird. not. That's... Weird way of saying that. Hmm. <laughs> Number no two, one's... Pocahontas. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Number but one. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Number one, Jasmine. That's a safe bet, isn't it? That's a solid list. That's a solid list. It's that bit in Aladdin when he captures her, everyone went wild for it. Oh, yeah. Good point. I've seen too much TikTok, Disney TikTok, but everyone talks (laughs) about, like, that bit. Is that when she's wearing the red outfit? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. Disney, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) You fucked us all up. Hyperfixations is a section of the podcast. <laughs> we talk about the things that have occupied our brain for the last two weeks. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd forgotten what we were doing. But like, we're did still it. recording. <laughs> I think that entire. I don't know when that started, but I think that started as like a, a midpoint when we weren't like doing a bit for the pod, like yeah, a, a yes, conversation it in between did. conversations. So I don't know when I'm going to pick that up. Uh, that'll be fun. Um, Hyperfixations. Uh, Rachel, do you want to go first? What's your hyperfixation? My hyperfixation is Eurovision. Surprise. <laughs> Makes sense. Tell Honestly, me more. though, I was trying to think of something else for this little bit, but Euro- I, I do love Eurovision. I've, I've. It's my time of year. I literally, I, I score all the all the contestants. Like I have my little, a little written board. I, I listen to the. Um, my my Spotify playlist, which I then curate and add stuff to. I watch the YouTube videos. I, I read the Reddit. I follow Twitter stuff. So I am very much in my Eurovision week. Um, ooh. I'll say this now because it'll be out. The winner will be decided by then. Hello, mm-hmm. future Rachel. I think the winner will ooh. either be Finland or Sweden. And I'm not angry if Sweden wins because because Laureen won once before, but she's amazing. But I think it would be one of those two. Those are my predictions. There you go. Mm. Just for me exciting. and everyone else, if they're interested as well. That's who I think will win. If not, I don't know. It's not been the strongest year. Anyway, that's my hyperfixation. This is this is a great thing to have on record. I love it when you can I like put that. down a prediction like and yeah, yeah. by the time the podcast is out, we will have the data on it. That's so good. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's We are mine. recording on the 12th, so <laughs> we're not cheating. <laughs> no. Rachel, take a photo of you with today's newspaper so we can put it on the disc. <laughs> What does it say about us sharing one brain that I was about to say the exact same thing <laughs> right down to the the likelihood of anyone having a newspaper? Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I don't have What happened was a friend of mine described this about me and her the other day. She said that when we were born, the doctor took one brain, cut it in half and then put it in both of our heads. And <laughs> I feel like that brain was distributed among many people, you two included. <laughs> Oh my god! You know that bit of the night before Christmas where he like takes part of his brain, 
and puts it yeah, in his. That's Dis- us. Disney again. That's us, but a three-way. I think I guess that is Disney. I never thought about that. Yeah, Jack Skellington. That's my that's my hottie pick. Why wasn't Jack Skellington on the top? <laughs> what about like, Sally? He, he was like Tumblr sexy man for so many years. So many people wanted to bone the bony man. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. No, they did. There was like so many, like back in the day when when you like had to like take really crispy screen grabs of like the film and like put the gifts on Tumblr. There was so many of him. He was like the the like star of like Tumblr sexy men. He was the first. Oh wow, for huh. sure. <laughs> I think. I mean, I know. I, I, know. I believe you completely. <laughs> he was, yeah. He was the, the biggest Tumblr sexy man on uh, RachelWatts.tumblr.com. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> Mrs. Jack Skeleton at Dumbledore.com. Does Goofy know? <gasps> Don't tell Goofy, please. <laughs> Don't tell him. God. Oh, if we ever goodness. get a fan art made of this podcast, I just want it to be of you, you marrying Jack Skellington <laughs> and Goofy at the same time. Or one of them. Oh. In the in the in the pulpit, crying. Oh <laughs> no! One of them, one of them interrupting the ceremony. Oh yeah! Well, like, does anyone? <laughs> I can't Rachel marry either to say of goofy. them. Because <laughs> I want to be a Disney princess. <laughs> yeah, you got to set yourself a bit higher. But you need yeah. to need to marry no. politically, not for love, Rachel. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but yeah, your oh, home fixation, Rebecca. My home fixation. Oh, for the love of God, yeah, let's. What are we, we doing? Can go back Record, to Disney every recording time. a podcast. We're recording a podcast. God, I feel like I need to just sit and like repeat my name and the date and the fact that I'm recording a podcast until I can be sensible enough to talk about the nonsensible stuff I should be talking about. Oh god. Sorry, oh. I'm gonna throw you off again. Did you come back a sleeper agent? And are you actually Disney pilling us two? Like <gasps> you said that you got brainwashed. Is that part of your psyop to try and like Oh uh, uh, no? <laughs> Because I'm sat here listening to Cars Ambience. <laughs> it did not quite work. I, supposed to... I appreciated you trying to pull your chair back. It was a good bit. I liked it. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry, Rebecca. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I, I am the one who had the, the total brain blank and led us down this dark path. So it is fine. Um, the first thing I wanted to do was quickly uh, call back to our last episode because I, I brought up... Um, the Murder She Wrote recap series by Pushing Up Roses on YouTube. Yes. Yes. I have binged the entire thing, the entire series um, since then. I think she did about 20, 25 episodes so far. So it's like, they're a quarter of an hour each. They're not super long, but mm. nevertheless, oh, I have binged the entire series. Still have never watched an episode of Murder She Wrote. Feel like <laughs> I kind of, I want to now, but Incredible. I can't for the bit. Um, so I don't want to bring that up because that was kind of a, uh, uh, to the side hyperfixation for me for the last couple of weeks mm. but the, the one that I really wanted to bring up um, is a podcast I've been listening to a lot lately it's kind of taken over every every other uh, bit of listening I'm doing a podcast called Turnabout Breakdown which I don't know if either of you have listened uh, to it I but I mean it is. is I can um, guess Ace Attorney Recap Podcast by two um, freelancers who kind of work in our our little neck of the woods um, <gasps> oh it yes is, uh, presented by and indeed, ah, well, well, it is it is hosted by and, and written by and everything by uh, Jay Castello and Diego Arguello, who are uh, who have both written for RPS in the past and yes. write around the read pop sites generally and are both very cool people. Um, and yeah, when um, 
I think in our second or third episode, I talked about Ace Attorney a bit as my hyperfixation at the time because I was uh-huh. just finishing the the five game collection, which I think about every single day, and the name of which has completely gone out of my head. Um, the Turnabout <laughs> Collection—that's all it's called. That's why I can't think because it's just called the Ace Attorney Turnabout Collection. And um, yeah, anyway. When I talked about it in our episode a, a couple of months ago, um, I had a whole thing planned of what I was going to talk about, and then I really bottled it on the day for various reasons. One of which was that I was suddenly paranoid about giving spoilers because they mm. are very obviously as visual novels um, and as murder mysteries, they're very very plot heavy games. And I realised that I didn't really know how to tackle that, um, especially because it was only like the third or fourth time I'd ever recorded a podcast. So I just want to say, like, I've been listening to this podcast so much over the last few weeks. I finished season one because they do it like one season per game and they're, they're oh, slowly going yeah. through all the games. Um, yeah, I feel like I don't need to feel too bad that I don't feel like I did these games justice in the recap that I gave because there is there are 40 episodes and still going of oh. uh, Turnabout Breakdown. It is such a good podcast. And if honestly, genuinely... Um, shout out to them. I kind of know, particularly Diego, I know vaguely as a sort of Twitter friend slash contact because we've been working in the same areas for so long. Um, but if you like this podcast and you want one person hyperfixating in great detail on every little aspect of something they love and a friend who loves and supports them and is interested and wants to know more and is, is you know, getting into their world and seeing things through their eyes, it is, it is a fantastic podcast to listen to. Um, and it is like a full recap of all the Ace Attorney games going case by case. And it's just really great. It's wholesome stuff. It it sort of itches that right part of my brain that just mm-hmm. wants more Ace Attorney content now that I've finished all the games that are out on PC. Um, and yeah, it's very nice and chill. And it has been making me smile an awful lot. So yeah, shout That's out to so Jay and Diego. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Incredible <laughs> shout out. Link in the, in the pod description below. Absolutely. Oh, I want to listen to it now. They are so both amazing Rachel. writers as well. Yeah, yes. They are. They're so yes. talented. Hell yeah. Shout out to them. Yeah. Uh, what's Go on mine? then, Liam. Go on, Liam. What is mine? You got it. Well, a, a small shout out. I haven't finished it yet, but a small shout out to uh, Grave Expectations by RPS's <gasps> yes! own Alice Bell. I'm about halfway through. Um, have either of you read or started reading it yet? Or? No, not yet. It's, it's next to me. My copy is demonstrably here. I'm just really <gasps> slow at reading at the moment. I'm sorry, Alice. <laughs> I'm very, very much enjoying it, I must say. It, it's very, very easy to read, uh, very evocative. And it's really, it's interesting reading the book by someone you know. Uh, I've never had yes. that experience before. And you can see Alice in there all the time. And it's just wonderful. It's just really nice and a very, very, very good book. I'd recommend that. Even though I made a rule that I would never recommend a book I hadn't finished, mm-hmm. in this instance, I would break that rule. Go by Grave <laughs> Expectations. Support RPS's own Alice Bell. Uh, however, my actual hyperfixation uh, is a book I have finished, and it's uh, Frontier by Grace Curtis, um, which I finished Ooh. a few days ago. Um, so this is a sci-fi novel uh, about a post climate change affected earth that is uh, climate change has rendered it into a wasteland and the idea is that the majority of humanity left earth but a lot of people were left behind and those people that were left behind resented those who went away on these big starships so they reject technology completely and they live on this horrible barren planet um, and don't use any tech they they resent technology they've gone back to almost like a wild west style society and at the very start of the book an escape pod falls from the sky and a stranger climbs out on a mission to try and find someone on this planet and each chapter is about the stranger in some way or another but each chapter has a different 
sort of like genre or theme. So some chapters, like one chapter is a murder mystery and one chapter is about like a religious event that occurs in the middle of like a rubbish pit it it's interesting because it's it's very video gamey and grace curtis the mm. author local lass shout out to local lass grace curtis she's actually from about 10 minutes where i'm sat right now a place called gosforth oh. in newcastle which i only found out about because she was on simon parkin's very good podcast uh my perfect console uh, a podcast that does not need a shout out because it's very popular and very good for a reason um <laughs> So she was on that podcast and as she said, oh, I'm from Gosforth in Newcastle. I was in Gosforth listening to the podcast, which was one of those weird little bits of kismet. (laughs) Um, So she is a freelance games journalist. She's written for Eurogamer and uh, she works for Future Friends, the PR. And I think because she's such a big video game fan, the structure of the book feels very video gamey. Each Mm -hmm. chapter sort of almost feels like a side quest in a game like Fallout. And I would say it feels very Fallout-y in sort of the, the the characters and the quirks and the, yeah, just the, the nature and the theme of it all. Um, good fun. Like one of those books that's just an easy read and is a is a good, oh, nice. a good hang. So I would recommend Frontier by Grace Curtis and I'm cheating by not recommending or making <laughs> yeah. Alice's book my hyperfixation <laughs> to make it a hyperfixation probably further down the line when I finish it. So yeah. Incredible. Whenever you... Um recommend a book i'm always scared that it's going to be something that's going to like crush my soul and like some of the books you, you've recommended have been like really heavy really good heavy books yes. i'm like oh god right <laughs> another I, one for the list exactly the it's same. been a nice palate cleanser <laughs> reading frontier after stoner which genuinely that's made me one. like think about death for about two weeks oh um <laughs> frontier did not make me question my own mortality and place on this planet it's just a nice book about sci-fi shit and i enjoyed it a yes lot. <laughs> it sounds yes really good and probably although i've enjoyed all your recommendations more the sort of mm-hmm. thing i can cope with right now <laughs> mm. like oh yeah my goodness. Like, I, I totally get that i feel like my brains leak out my ears <laughs> yeah i didn't intend to read those books uh knowing that they were you know sad reflections on the purpose of humanity but never mind here we Beautiful, are Beautiful, <laughs> but yeah but yeah, yeah. It's heavy. Like, very very it's, heavy it's so good to know about them and like just know that they are there once my brain sludge gets back to the point where i can process mm-hmm. things that aren't young adult fiction again but that's <laughs> yes kind of where i'm at if it's not a young adult romance or a uh, cozy murder mystery i'm <laughs> you should I'm recommend some of them because oh for the sure for sure I, I, I at some point definitely will, but uh, had to had to shout out Turn About Breakdown though because that's just been my life for the last couple of weeks basically. <laughs> Amazing. Wait, you have another podcast? Wait, and Liam, you mentioned another podcast. <gasps> How dare you both? You should only uh, your only alliance should be to this podcast. <laughs> Don't even listen to other podcasts. So. <laughs> you know what sounds Simon Parkin. It's just he, he's so intellectual. It's for research. I swear. <laughs> It was just research. <laughs> it meant nothing. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, my Perfect Console's Twitter account liked uh, one of the Indiscovery tweets I did. So Ooh. there we are. Maybe Simon Parker is a friend of the podcast. He's definitely not a friend of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Simon. Big up. Big up Big Simon Parker. Big up Simon, uh, yeah. Incredibly talented <laughs> games writer. Um, are, we, are we done? Yeah. Maybe. I feel- yeah, maybe okay. we're done. Yeah, I think so. Well, I will see us home. Thank you, 
so much for listening to In Discovery. Your support is so appreciated. If you'd like to get in touch, and you can get in touch, we can read your emails now. Uh, I cut a, I cut a small bit out last week's episode where Rachel said, in shock, are we allowed... What did you say? You said something like, are we allowed to... Um, sorry, Yolly just opened the door and stared at me and ran away there. <laughs> it was weird. Um, you said something like, are we allowed to admit that we never had access to that email address yes. until episode nine? Uh, but I'm going to say it now because it made me laugh. Um, <laughs> yes, we have access to that email. Please do email in podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. If you are Rebecca's parents, please send us an email. Uh, send that video clip, all- guys, please. <laughs> Yeah, send that video clip uh, for for attention of Rachel and Liam. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yes. will make me laugh. You can also chat to like-minded individuals about the wonders of PC gaming over on our Discord server. Link is in the show notes. There was a lot of great chat last time about games that people have played. Everyone was giving their most played games, games they hadn't put enough hours in. So thank you for getting in touch. It was really good. Join the Discord. If you'd like to support the pod, right, this is what you need to do. You need to rate us. So whatever you're on, I don't care what platform you're on, if there's a way of rating it, can you just give us five stars, please? Because it really, <laughs> really helps. Um, the podcast is growing. It's growing at a good rate, but I think we can do better. If you enjoyed this episode, I mean, if you enjoyed this episode out of all the ones we've done, especially. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Give us five Ew. stars. Say why you like it. If you didn't like it, this is what you do, right? This is what you do. If you didn't like the podcast, just move on with your life. Just move on. Doesn't matter. <laughs> We don't need to know, to be honest. It's not going to affect our life whatsoever. If you thought this was a four-star podcast or below, where were you? <laughs> uh, you can also tell your friends about the good times you've shared with us here today. But as we all know, when you tell your friends to listen to a podcast, not really something that happens. Uh, for all your PC gaming needs, go to rockpapershotgun.com or find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And if you want to see one TikTok a month, Follow us on TikTok. (laughs) Until next time, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Rachel. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Rebecca. Goodbye.